0: And welcome to Minisode 57 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical
1: things. And I am Andy Stewart, mumbling demon. (laughs) Hello there, how are you? I'm okay. I'm very tired and very, very sore. I can imagine. Yes. Um, if
0: we are sounding a little different today, it's because we are in uh, HQ2. Yes, we
1: are. Yeah, yeah we've levelled up, although it does sound quite echoey to my ear.
0: Yeah, yeah. quite interested to know if anybody else has spotted a difference. Yeah, but I, better I, worse.
1: I can maybe try to cut that. Yeah, I can we'll maybe see. work we'll around see. that. That's fine, I'm sure. But successfully moved in. Yes, yes. Here, more or less, still a fair amount to do, but that's for later, Mitch. Now... It's all about
0: mini sods. Let's get this done. So, um, you have had a very busy week, obviously. Yes, I have, yeah. You squeezing any viewing at all?
1: I've caught up in a couple of episodes of bits and bobs of stuff. Uh, more on what we do in the shadows, as everyone was very kind to point out the fact that I was, in fact, wrong. And there was more than six episodes of what we do in the shadows. saw <laughs> that, so yeah, So, thanks yeah. to everybody out there, and I have now watched eight. Cool. Yes, still very funny. Yes. Excellent. Good, mm-hmm. good.
0: My viewing this week has been uh TV Okay. But a decent amount of it. So um, I basically, um, outside of Shockwave Stuff, which we'll get to, I uh, watched all three of the new episodes of Black Mirror.
1: Okay. I haven't watched any of it yet.
0: Okay. I would like to tackle these briefly in turn because... <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, dear. The yeah, opinions on them are a little bit variable. So... Um, First episode, you get Striking Vipers, which is um, basically about these uh, these two friends, one of whom is uh, these two guys are friends, one of whom is uh, married, another one is kind of dating. They're Mm -hmm. in their thirties, and it's them kind of they start playing this kind of like online multiplayer game against each other, like a Tekken type thing. All right, okay, and uh, basically things take an unexpected turn. Uh, with that, I enjoyed that one quite a lot. I think it was kind of cool. I think that um, as much as I like nihilistic episodes of Black Mirror a lot, um, mm-hmm. I think that it was kind of cool that they basically just used the technology as a kind of device to just have a very regular kind of like a very regular kind of character drama. Sure. Which I, th- I actually I haven't seen them do that very often, and I thought it mostly worked. Second up was Smithereen. Right. Which the basic premise of is that you have a guy who's basically like an Uber driver. Um, He works for something like Hitcher or something like that. And um, he uh, takes a hostage that works for a company called Smithereen, which is um, effectively Facebook. Right, okay. And uh, for reasons that become apparent, he basically has this kind of hostage situation and stand off with the police in a car, and he demands that he wants to talk to the head guy from Smithereen on the phone. Sure. Uh, I think that this was also all right. Um, I think that the um, the lead guy, whose name escapes me, unfortunately, was really good, um, and I think that kind of it ratchets up the tension quite nicely. The problem I had with it was that I felt like it established its kind of hostage premise very nicely and did nothing smart with it. Okay. Like it just it just plays out as a straight hostage situation, which you're either into or you're not, and it's perfectly fine out of television, but it feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity. Okay. And finally, there was Rachel, Jack, and Ashley too, which is the one that people seem to be talking about quite a lot because it's it's the Miley Cyrus episode. Sure. Yes. Of um, course.
1: Yeah.
0: She is she's fine in it. Um, however, I hated this. Um, <laughs> I I think it's the like, and I'm gonna spoiler one briefly here, but here. in a show whose episode catalogue includes one where a woman goes down for murder based on the testimony of a guinea pig, this is still the worst episode of Black Mirror in my opinion. Wow. I hated this on a molecular level. Wow, like, um, fuck, okay. What, what? So basically the premise you have is that Miley Cyrus plays... A kind of Miley Cyrus character. Maybe like when she was more of a kind of Hannah Montana, Montana thing, maybe. Right, sure. Yeah, it's like pitched at kind of younger people. So you've got this 15-year-old girl, um, Rachel or Jack. The Rachel and Jack are the two sisters, anyway. Sure, okay. Um, who is kind of obsessed with Ashley O. This is the Miley Cyrus character. And um, her older sister is kind of like a grunge kid who is, doesn't really have much time for any of it.
1: How's that handled?
0: <laughs> at one point, she's uh, talking about the bands that she likes. And uh, she describes idols as vintage.
1: Wow. Okay. Cool. Um,
0: but yeah. But it's like yeah. It's 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 handled exactly like you'd expect it to be. Um, it's slightly cringy.
1: That's what I worried about. That's um, what that's what I expected.
0: Yeah. Um, but so basically, what they do is there's this merchandise for Ashley O, which is this doll or kind of like little robot thing mm-hmm. called Ashley Two T O. Right. That is like based on her personality. Okay. So she can just like sit and talk to you. So I kind of assumed that where this would go would be... Because there's a point, there's a plot, a plot point in it where they basically kind of like hack the doll and remove a limiter. So okay. you get the whole of her personality rather than just the 4% that is pitched as being kind of like, you know, the public persona. Yeah, okay. So what I thought would have been cool would have been if like the Miley Cyrus character had actually been a total arsehole in real life and as a result kind of said these damaging or poisonous things um, and you could have kind of commented on impressionability of young people and all that kind of thing. It doesn't do that at all. <laughs> and where, where it actually does go I just I have realised fairly quickly that it wasn't going to go down the road that I thought it was going to or wanted it to and um, it's a very very steep drop and pretty much everything about this is handled absolutely atrociously the stuff um, about the music industry is shockingly poorly informed um, um, okay. like atrociously yeah. I think uh, performance wise it's pretty ropey execution wise it's not good uh, the last Twenty or thirty minutes of it, I felt like I was watching like Spy Kids or something. There's like, there's a crime, there's like a crime caper element to it. Right, um, okay, and, uh, genuinely, like I, you know that thing where you just start off not particularly liking something, but then something turns in your head and you feel yourself getting angrier.
1: Yeah, and by the end of it, you're like incandescent with rage.
0: Yeah, it was pretty much that. I like, I really think that it's like for a show that is capable of so much, it was inexcusably bad. Like, I absolutely detested it. It's one of the worst things I've seen in a long time.
1: Wow, pretty damning stuff, mate. So, pretty
0: variable. Striking Vipers, I think, really good. Right. Smithereen, fine. Uh, Rachel, Jack, and Ashley 2, absolutely atrocious.
1: Strong drop-off, then, from the start of Series 5 to the end.
0: I suppose so. Steep decline, yeah. Okay. But okay. I've kind of been of the opinion that that show's been a little bit on the wane for a while.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Um, But, yeah, I think that it's it's feeling particularly severe. I'm feeling very, like, particularly riding high in the saddle um, yeah. with Season 5. So, yeah, that's just about it for viewing this week. However, um, we do have a cool thing going on this week.
1: Yeah, we will have stuff to talk about next week because we're both going to a screening tomorrow of Child's Play.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh big thank you to everyone that's helped put that together. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we will be talking about that a little bit later on next week. What's um, so, yeah, <laughs> keep... the
1: embargo lift? Yeah. I um, <laughs> keep... love
0: an embargo. <laughs> exactly. Keep an eye on the feed. We'll um, we'll be talking about that a little bit towards the end of the week. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yes. Uh, well, I hope. Yeah, yeah, think. So, that's just about it for viewing, except
1: <laughs> Mix once Shopwaves 100. Oh.
0: That is sounding pretty sweet in this room.
1: I don't know. There's a there's good acoustics here. Yeah. Um yeah. I don't know how well that's come across on <laughs> Mike, though. <laughs>
0: um I got back on that Shopwaves grind this week and one of the very oldest on the list. Right. I was back in 1942. I know what you're going to say then.
1: Cat people. Cat
0: people. Brilliant. I agree. Yeah. Um, Yes, I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I really, really loved it. Got totally swept up in it straight away. I thought it was brilliant. I kind of... We've talked about this before, but I think that films like from before a certain era I kind of find to be a tough nut to crack which I think is kind of inexcusable at my age we've seen enough films to be able to handle you're things. such a
1: millennial I am you so are man you're, you're such a digital boy <laughs> <laughs> don't uh, know why that sounds really like a slot. yeah <laughs> <no>. <laughs>
0: Shut up, digital boy. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, I thought Cat People was great. I really, really loved it. Well, I'm um, really glad about that. Yeah, one of, the, one, yeah. Of the, one of the more successful of the recent Shotwaves ventures, I think. Cool. So yeah, that was a good one. I enjoyed it. Excellent.
1: Do, <laughs> do, 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 What have they been saying?
0: Feedback time. Yeah. And uh,
1: <laughs> it's, literally. It's, a special, uh, it's a special edition of Feedback this week, uh, in so much as it's almost entirely... Demon Wind.
0: Yeah, uh, so big thank you to our special guest nobody for um, joining us this past week to talk Demon Wind. Top guy. What I will say is big thank you to John McPhail for bringing that film into our lives.
1: I feel enriched.
0: Certainly, yes. I. Me too. Yeah. Um, we really didn't know what the response was going to be like to this because to Demon
1: Wind. Yeah, yeah.
0: But as it turns out, yeah, like um, you guys showed up
1: for Demon Wind. You guys had some opinions. A Lot of love for Demon Wind. Even people who were like, I hate this film, uh, were also like. But it is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, um, and to that effect, um, Dennis extra Dennis DensBeans on Twitter. Hi, Dennis. Yeah, it might be nonsense, but Demon Wind is my favourite type of nonsense.
1: I have to agree with that. Um, I could watch this kind of garbage all day, every day.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, I, eat that, I eat that stuff up.
1: And I love it. I'm going to come on to talk about something garbage-related in a minute. Uh, once we're finished, feedback remind me. Because okay. uh, it cracked me up the other day when I, when I read about it. Okay. Um, But yeah, The Shake, 72. oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know why I did that. (laughs) Drink much. (laughs) Uh, As soon as George started spewing the strawberries and yoghurt, I realised I'm going to love this.
0: Uh, It's a pretty special
1: moment. That's Uh, minute two
0: of Demon Wind. (laughs) Um, Salter Popcorn, our old pal on Twitter. Although not there in person, uh, worrying Drake. that's John, keeps the hot streak going with his pushing Demon Wind into the minds of those lunatics at Strong Violent PC. It's me. (laughs) Definitely not ripping off any other movies. Agreed. Even when they make use of the notronomicon <laughs>
1: The Necronomicon. <laughs> uh, cool name alert here, and I think first time commenter. Okay. New person. Mm-hmm. Jobby saw Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And that's Al getting in touch to say, whoop, 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 whoop. It's on Amazon Prime. Time to go balls deep. <laughs> into this and that's how it's written oh good yeah that wasn't just me that wasn't just me vamping so well thank you new person alert welcome aboard Joby Saurus Rex yeah very
0: curious to know what you made of the film
1: (laughs) and where your name comes from certainly
0: (laughs) um Caitlin scared Sheepless on Twitter getting in touch that is certainly a film (laughs) well there you go (laughs) Uh, long tweet incoming one that I largely slept through I blame painkillers once again I'm impressed with my ability to fall asleep to the sound of human screaming from my limited experience, it seems that Demon Wind must have had a hefty cottage cheese budget, as those dead um dead things do spill a tremendous <laughs> amount of their gobs when turning. Jack's demon is hilarious, as is his proper power ballad arm movements when he's been stabbed in the eye. I only saw most of the characters dead, although that could be a blessing. I unfortunately missed the Titty Witch.
1: Oh, gotta go back well, that's and check a
0: that out. Absolutely died at Corey's flying. I've watched the last twenty minutes without interruption, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But I kind of kick. I kind of feel like that would be the case anyway. Suitably diverting nonsense.
1: Jesus, imagine joining Demon Wind in the last twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean,
0: like, I mean, like, <laughs> to to give Caitlin a G, she is quite right. I mean, like, watching it with the prior
1: seventy minutes of context doesn't make it any easier to pick apart. Uh, Hanny at Hanny underscore Ray, get in touch. Looking forward to this one. Watched Demon Wind at a house party years ago and thought it was brilliant fun but haven't seen it since. Hopefully catch it before the episode. Also, I like to muse that the algorithms for Netflix and Prime get all confused whenever Strong Violent PC announced the next week's movie. And the views and searches randomly spike on whatever B-movie good slash badness has been announced. OMG, maybe we're to blame for all the crap on Prime. I'm certainly not taking that on my shoulders. No,
0: no. I think I think also you are grossly overestimating our listener base. If you think that uh, <laughs> so, that our effect on Amazon uh, algorithms give you that seismic, <laughs> uh, I don't know much. Well, this is it. Um, actually, I had got in touch again, saying not only did I rewatch the weird fish that is Demon Wind, I also subjected my husband to it. I think I may have broken him. He's been very quiet.
1: Uh, there's a lot to take in. It demands it demands more of your time than the the ninety minutes that it takes to watch it. Uh,
0: yes, I would say that that's probably fair to be honest.
1: Yeah, there's an assimilation period. <laughs> you let it soak up.
0: <laughs> exactly. You just like
1: what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, the shakes seventy two got Jesus in touch uh, on uh, Twitter as well, saying I'm "100 thanks to Andy, at strong, violent PC." I had no idea of the existence of Demon Wind. And it's like I'm back in the 80s and have rented a VHS. This definitely needs a second chance and definitely deserves it. Yogurt and jam effects and all. (laughs) Similarly, Laura, I'm buying an LV on Twitter, just got in touch saying, what the hell is this? 30 minutes in and my mind is gone.
1: (laughs) Laura followed that up, though, with, I think I'm with the defence so far, i.e. me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sort of evil dead, sort of meets the Lost Boys with maybe a tiny bit of phantasm, sort of. (laughs) Yeah. reasonable shakes all yeah. yeah, Darren Gaskell at Darren underscore Gaskell I could go on about Demon Wind for hours most of it makes not one iota of sense the performances are terrible Cortana suggests better dialogue and conversations <laughs> and the pacing is all over the place however as a bad movie connoisseur this is essential viewing and a lot of fun Agreed. Yep, agreed. Darren
0: actually followed that up and said special mention should go to Elaine, whose general reaction to the mayhem going on around her, even when one of her friends is getting her head munched on, is one of very mild surprise. <laughs> also, where else would you get a magician with a nifty line in martial arts? <laughs> It's pretty <laughs> tremendous. I mean, it really is. It really is. It's a. It's kind of like I'm reliving it when all these people are saying these individual things, right? <laughs> and just like kind of making me appreciate what an absolute kind of festival of what the fuck that film is. A
1: festival of madness. Yeah, it
0: truly is. Yeah, it truly is. You got anything else? I don't. Uh, I have one more. Uh, just, just uh, Stevie got in touch, film fan Stevie. Hello, film fan Stevie. Um, he was uh following up on uh, your comment about Alien Nation.
1: <laughs> uh, I still have to post a photo from Alien Nation. Apologies.
0: He uh, simply uh, posted a picture of uh, the poster for Alien Nation and just said, "Watch the Alien Nation film." That's an order from Stevie, so I will try and get that done. Um, Stevie letting us know, of course, that he was doing that from uh, Stevie's HQ, cousin. the cousin, soho. Yes, yeah. of course. <laughs> <laughs> that is just about it. So, yeah, that really Wonderful. was front to back a feedback section that Demon was Wind. all about Demon Wind. So, um, uh, I think that that vindicates your selection.
1: Yeah, it's a film that gets people talking and as a hoot, get it watched. Yes. If you haven't, um, and if you have and you hate it, then you're dead in your soul. <laughs> and that's
0: the and yeah, you've got bigger problems going yeah. on. Yeah.
1: So just before we go on, Mitch, I did say I was going to speak about something. Mm-hmm. A film has just leapfrogged midsummer as my most anticipated horror film of the year. This uh, this better be good. <laughs> I don't know if you've been keeping up on what's been happening at the Apocalypse Film Festival. Um, I kind of get one eye on it, but I don't know where this is going. Okay, so uh, the other night uh, was the premiere, the world premiere, I believe, of Glenn Danzig's new film. Oh my. Verotica. Now, that name is ringing a bell, <laughs> but um,
0: I have got nothing else to add. Tell me, tell me more.
1: You must look up the reviews. Already been touted as the accidental The Room of horror anthologies. <gasps> yeah, apparently it's wonderfully god-awful. The crowd were in stitches at how terrible it was, Danzig himself came out and did like a director's QA and looked a little bit put out at the fact that everyone was laughing at it. Oh my! But okay. Apparently, it's an absolute must for the bad film connoisseur. This sounds wonderful. Yeah. I'm because you know that I like
0: my two of my favorite things are uh, bad films and anthologies. You were gonna say are uh, bad
1: films and Glenn Danzig. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just get the uh, uh, having obviously been in a Misfits tribute band, and yes. liking the Misfits as much as I do, mm-hmm. I get the impression that Glenn Danzig wouldn't have a particularly good sense of humour about this.
0: Okay, right, yeah, fair enough. And uh, that um, tickles me deeply. I am, uh, oh, I'm, I'm uh, oh, I'm excited. Yeah, uh, about, uh, nice honestly,
1: much. read the, just read the reviews coming out of Sound Apocalypse about it, they're unbelievably funny. Verotica? Verotica. I see. Just go read the reviews. I will, I will, yeah. I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get on that. Anyway, enough talking shite.
0: It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches, although it's increasingly becoming less about me and more about you guys, and that's great. It's listeners Pitches. It is, pretty much, but basically, yes, if you're not familiar, then uh, this is about to get really confusing. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It'll be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He will have photoshopped out the title, the tagline, any identifying text. He'll leave only the image. We'll put this in social media so you can play along at home and uh, basically my job will be to describe the image to the best of my ability and to give the film a title or synopsis based on what I see. So uh, last week we had The Kindred,
1: uh, reappropriated
0: by me as Astro Babies, (laughs) and uh, a whole bunch of people have been in touch uh, playing along with this. I'm very excited to read these to you.
1: I can't wait, quite Um,
0: frankly. But before we start, actually, um, I just want to say really quickly, Andrew Marshall got in touch, uh, winner of one of our two prizes last week. I believe it was Best Character Name. Yeah. To which he said, thank you for my prize. The Victory Nothing is displayed proudly on top of a stack of found footage DVDs, and the box it came in has been claimed by my cat. I went all round.
1: Yeah, enjoy it, please. Please enjoy it, because we very much enjoyed your character name. Yes, So enjoy your nothing.
0: Yeah, don't spend it all at once. Yeah. Um, So loads of people getting in touch on this one. So, Honey underscore Ray, synthetic monster attack. Wow, okay. When the baby formula is tainted by a batch of monster essence, babies all over town start turning into scaly handfuls. John Paul Fitch on Twitter. Okay. Uh, When their newborns show an unusual appetite for human flesh... Fernando and Chiquita Waterloo... (laughs) See what he did there? (laughs) ...conclude that they must provide human meat for their bloodthirsty burn by luring young men to their death, but nothing satiates the baby's hunger, and he's growing. 1982's Death Rattle.
1: Oh, I like that. Love it. Yeah, that's good. That's fun. Uh, Chloe Bestley. Hi, Chloe. Uh,
0: Chuck Spadina on... Twitter, getting in touch, and uh, having what I believe was our first go at Mitch's Pitch. Oh, how's this going to go? Terror begins in a questionable office down London's Harley Street. Dr. Carter, a self-proclaimed alien and ufologist expert on the side, specializes in helping new moms that have a difficult start to motherhood, especially those with feeding issues. Over the years, he's experimented and developed a groundbreaking new formula that appears to be everything a new baby needs, and more. What starts as the answers to these new moms' prayers soon becomes their living hell in 1985's Anti-Natal Nightmare, tagline, got milk? (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's a good first effort
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty good yeah. um, Salt Popcorn Hello Baby Bottle Beasties Throttle oh. Babies As they unluckily suckle down sucker-covered Cephalopods <laughs> Fucking hell
1: What? Right, okay
0: <laughs> I was not ready for this Okay, that's ba- fine right. Go, go, go okay, Let's try this again <laughs> Baby Bottle Beasties Throttle Babies As they unluckily suckle down sucker-covered Cephalopods In 1986's sci-fi horror Deeds of Rage <laughs> They will not be pacified till every baby has taken one inside, cried and died. Gee, jings, okay. <laughs> right. That's that's some close rhyming. Yeah, fucking hell, that's clever. Very impressive. Uh, Gorehound, Zombies went on Twitter. Britain's baby milk supplies are contaminated with a strange alien race intent on that strangling the country to death in 1983's Garota Lotta Bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Delighted with that. All right. <laughs> Chris Salt oblong pictures on Twitter a series of strange hallucinatory dreams that lead young mother Sophia Massinato <laughs> to believe that her newborn child has been murdering the neighbours in Javier Adiati's derivative let stylish 1992 giallo shocker lizard in a baby's drink. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got to say I love the fact that Chris Salt so often goes down the giallo road. Yeah, he... Yeah. It's, 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 it's a treat. I love it. Yeah,
1: I love it. I can't get enough of that. Um, Tony Constantino.
0: Yeah. When enterprising high school dropout Marcus Absent finds himself in the market for selling his own painfully expressed breast milk to online perverts, a chance encounter with disgraced ex science teacher Copernicus Pencil inspires them to team up and further develop Marcus's unique brand of Bohemian beverage. However, attempting to quickly overcome their dairy struggles, a, mis- oh, fuck off. <laughs> a misplaced comma in Doctor Pencil's new formula results in him accidentally opening a rift to the eighth dimension. When an utterly unstoppable army of monstrous miniature menaces are now using this bad batch as a Milky Way into our universe. <laughs> Can absent and pencil put these pint-sized <laughs> pests out to pasture? Pasture. Uh, sure. <laughs> Before things turn sour, or will they bottle it? Find out in 1983's Dairy King Bad. <laughs> the lactation invasion (laughs) so there we are Um, James Plum Mad (laughs) Science Films (laughs) let
1: me guess that's a short one
0: it's long for him I would say five Five words words. (laughs) (laughs) 1986 is wildly unpopular bottle fed and nearly dead (laughs) quite into that Uh, Andy McEwen after decades of demonizing breast milk aliens known as insectoids start implanting their young in the milk using human infants as host the Wizards burst from the children and raise havoc in 1985's band film Breast is Best, not to be confused with the <laughs> 1993 adult film of the same name. And, uh, I believe. That concludes the pitches for wow, this week.
1: Okay, uh, this is tricky because there there was a lot of really good stuff. There. Yeah, people really bringing it. Uh this is incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it to Saltab Popcorn for the sheer linguistic wordplay. Yeah, for teats of Rage, uh, and I really enjoyed you messing it up. Yeah, it was it was
0: it was pretty <laughs> tricky to be fair. And uh, best character name. Ah, uh, Copernicus Pencil. Naturally. So, uh, congratulations, Kevin and Tony. You win nothing.
1: Ah, uh, I mean, th- Tony's got a pretty good collection of nothing by now. Yeah, that nothing takes up a whole room in his house. <laughs> can't move for nothing. <laughs> so.
0: So then. there's once again time. Yeah, are you ready? Uh, as I'll ever be.
1: Here it comes. Okay. Oh, well, here we are. Well, all right. <laughs> this is a risky one because I thought you might get it. No. Oh, right, Uh, okay.
0: (laughs) I needn't have worried. No. Um, So, um, what we have here, Jesus, is um, it looks like we are on a kind of the main entrance to a, like, possibly like a kind of mansion or a fancy house. Yeah. Because there's kind of pillars on either side of the door. We are being kind of waved into the property by a small man in a tuxedo. (laughs) He's got a little bit of a kind of meatloaf aesthetic going on. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, meatloaf. <laughs> um, in the head, at least. Um, yeah, uh, he's waving us in. Uh, the door is open. Behind the door is um, a pretty spectacular collection of uh, monstrous visages.
1: Right, okay. Do you care to dig into any of them? But...
0: Um, yeah, there's a handful here that I think are worthy of note. A lot of them are kind of wearing kind of like... Kind of like... kind of. Uh, demonic kind of grins, grimaces almost. Right. Mostly looking directly into the camera. We also have um one that has fangs. We're really the only one of them has fangs.
1: Right, okay. Uh, okay. down the bottom there.
0: Uh looking kind of demonic and possibly crying blood. Guy in the bottom right is in a state of some distress. Guy <laughs> at the bottom is kinda of looks like he's got he's got his hand over his face, he's in a state of some anguish as well. Screaming man, red-eyed lady, <laughs> um Yeah, a couple of grimaces. One looking particularly kind of mischievous that's kind of just like poking out from behind the door. Uh, One uh, that's wearing sunglasses and that's just about it, I think. Basically just a a kind of like a tableau of very unpleasant looking faces.
1: (laughs) Okay, Uh, yeah, okay, that's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right, I, uh, well, okay. Um, I will need a moment.
1: Hang on there. Wow, okay. So. Wow, excellent.
0: Go on then. Right, let's do this. When five strangers receive mysterious invitations to a lavish countryside dinner party, they make their way to the labyrinthine Chateau de Mort for an evening <laughs> of gourmet dining, wine, and conversation. However, things take a sinister turn when it becomes apparent that these five strangers are not as unconnected as they appear. As the mystery unravels at the behest of host Ernesto filibuster, it becomes apparent that the guests are each responsible for a separate and unconnected death. As they are tormented by the vengeful spirits of the victims of their actions, they must atone for their sins and escape the house before it's too late. Dark secrets come home to Roost in 1977's Banquet of
1: Souls. (laughs) Eat your fill. (laughs) Uh, No. Okay. The year was 1988, Okay. the director was Anthony Hickox, Mm -hmm. and the film is Waxwork. Waxwork, okay, tell me more about Waxwork. Well, what I can tell you is that we don't have Claudio Carvalho again, because his contribution was just too long this time. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, If anything, he works too hard. (laughs) But we do have Max Vaughn. Okay, Max Vaughn, hit me. Wealthy slacker college student Mark. His new girlfriend Sarah and their friends are invited to a special showing at a mysterious wax museum which displays 18 of the most evil men of all time. After his ex-girlfriend and another friend disappear, Mark becomes suspicious. What he doesn't know is that they have been made a part of the exhibit by first living out the scene and then being murdered in it. Oh, okay. That sounds kind of cool. Is it good? I love Waxwork. I have it behind me somewhere. Oh cool. Uh yeah, it's that's super cool. Was that Galligan from Gremlins is in it and being a total DB. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, it's uh yeah, it's a great one. Very good. Yeah. Uh that concludes Mitch's pitches for this week,
0: but the image is out there so uh get on it and get pitching.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh let's keep this high standard going because uh, like you uh, like it, if you guys it, have really been stepping up. It this absolutely
1: boggles weeks. the mind how good at this people have become. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's it's great, it's great. So, um, quick look at the streaming platforms and honestly, uh, not a hell of a lot going on this week that I could see. Anything? Uh, I would say that your kind of, your best shout here is, um, on Netflix on the 21st, we have the return of dark.
1: All right. Okay. So season
0: two of Darks back, but genuinely, like, I, I, I did a quick, I, I, did a quick circuit, and there's not a hell of a lot going on. However, last week there was a bunch. So if yeah, you haven't yeah just watch the shit from last week. Yeah, yeah, just go do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too, like too old to die youngs there now. Just Go watch that. <laughs> So yeah, pretty slim pickets there. So unless there's anything else, any other business, then I think that it is just about time to take a look at this week's show.
1: Yeah, there's nothing else jumping out at me.
0: In that case, uh, let's take a wee look at what everyone needs to know for this Friday's episode, episode 58. So we do have a guest this week. We
1: do, yeah, thank fuck.
0: We're back on it. (laughs) You know him from such films as Ouija, XX... Contracted phase two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the creatures were stunning. Um Also from the TV shows Modern Family and Parks and Rec as well. Also from the new show Dungeon Run. Yeah. To Morgan Peter Brown. <laughs> we've been trying to make this happen for a little while. Really glad that Morgan's able to join us this week. And uh, we are
1: back in sequel territory. We are. We're back in fourths. Actually, we're back in the fourth installment of a franchise. Mm-hmm. This time, uh, I believe it's the first time we've uh, dipped our toes into this particular franchise. Okay. Uh, it's a nightmare on Elm Street part four, The Dream Master.
0: Yes, yeah. I believe you are correct. Um, it is our first foray into Elm Street. Yeah. Which I'm yeah. looking forward to. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Rennie
1: Harlan's The yeah. Dream Master. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's really something, this one. <laughs> So, Morgan Peter Brown joins us this week to talk Nightmare on Elm Street 4. If you want to get in touch with us and talk about that and anything else that we've been talking about today, you can do that. Loads of ways to do it. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us at Strong Violent PC or email Strong Scenes at gmail.com.
1: Yes, and tons of places you can listen, but probably the most accessible ones are Spotify,
0: mm-hmm. iTunes,
1: and our home at Podbean. And whichever one you are using, please do consider taking the time to drop us a review or a rating or a like or a subscribe or all that kind of stuff. That would be smashing. It would be. Quite frankly. Lovely. Quite frankly. Um, And again, massive, massive thanks to everyone for listening. We love you. And please, please keep listening and telling your pals and just... Generally, getting just engaging with us, yeah. On that
0: <laughs> note, actually, just very quickly before we go, um, want to just say how nice it was to catch up with some of our listener pals this past week, kinda, yeah, like kind of by accident, weird, and, yeah, like um, it was just kind of the way that it
1: fell, but yeah, we had um, a couple of run ins with um, some of our pals, yeah. I, I didn't really, to be honest, I've been elbow deep in boxes. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah a little
0: fort it was, it, was, it was a festival of horror Twitter handles um, out on Friday night not in Goth where did yeah. Sister 69 yeah. watch Fires Mitch yeah. be quiet
1: Michael <laughs> watch Fires <finals>, Mitch <laughs> fuck that guy <okay. laughs>
0: we're back Friday talking Elm Street 4 with Morgan Peter Brown join us then if you can in the meantime don't forget it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds goodbye bye